0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Wow.
2: Welcome to the Bro Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing today? I'm good. Just watched uh Broad in Japan,
1: you, hey. and Connor seadog Veer, him, Ooh, your uh, in a hotel, and it was pretty sexy stuff. You went uh, <laughs> around a little town that had been taken over by um, stuffed sort of scarecrow dolly things and you guys had a real downer a real debbie downer on these guys uh i thought they were very sweet and i think the music used for the for the show music used for the episode was really sweet uh and it made me sort of cry you're right if you if you sort of like weren't paying attention you'd, you'd think you were in a room full of full of people when you went to that sports hall and it was just filled with people uh, filled with these kind of Scarecrow people This person has made It's a, it, it's a lovely touch Beautiful Does anybody use that uh, Sports hall? Clearly not If there's loads of Scarecrow's right. around
2: No No I mean There was about What Must have been about 150 Scarecrow's In that uh, mm. School hall It was Incredible. so Insane Like mm. It's funny You mentioned the soundtrack Quite a lot of people commented on that uh, soundtrack choice. I think it's like eight minutes in. And mm. it's amazing when you just find the right song that fits the right situation. <laughs> it's kind of like this poignant, sad, but always haunting soundtrack that goes really well with all these mm. scarecrows around town. Like I've been wanting Very to go to this sweet. place for years, the town of Nagoro. And I think we, we even talked about it years ago when it first hit yeah. the press, like in 2018. And uh, yeah, basically it's, it's, it's a town that's gone from a population of uh about 300 people to just 25 and as the mm. population of humans has gone down the population of scarecrows <laughs> has gone up to replace it uh, there's about 350 scarecrows now all <laughs> created by one woman that's the crazy thing um, when you look at all those scarecrows on the street in the gym in the school hall it's insane to think one person has made them all like yeah. how how long does it take to make one it must be like once a week or something but uh, <laughs> it's incredible but, uh, yeah, the star of that show with Connor, Wacky Weekend, was the hotel. And what a hotel it was. The worst hotel in Japan, I think, anyway. I mean, C-Dog Villa
1: said that he uh, was being a big scaredy cat, uh, not wanting to stay in this hepatitis-filled death room. Um, <laughs> and But I, I am a little bit like, guys, get it together. You're both grown men. Just have a little sleep. Have a little sleep instead of running off to your car. I would have stayed in that stinking cigarette-filled room.
2: Uh, I mean, I, I I was really prepared to stay in that room. I was, like, laying mm. down on the bed. It was going to happen. And then Connor like, <laughs> discovered the blood. And that kind of pushed me over the edge. But i tell you what, <laughs> what, what you can't get through the video is the sheer st- it's like the stench of the mould. It was just so mm. bad. And there's someone with asthma. Right. And you'd appreciate this, Pete. I know you're an asthmatic too. <laughs> you do genuinely think, I'm not going to wake up alive in this room. The, the smoke, <laughs> the dust, the mould, it was shocking. And like mm. just looking under the bed really helped kind of sell how bad it was visually, I think, because you it just so couldn't really get a sense of it. It's gross. Cigarette packets and a <laughs> toolbox and just, yeah. oh, it was rough. And a used mask. That's... uh. It's not what you want to find under a bed. A huge mask, <laughs> for God's sake. But, I mean, the hotel, it was, it was rated something like a five on booking.com. And mm. in Japan, to find anything less than a seven is incredibly difficult because hotels yeah. just don't survive if they're, belie- if they're below a seven. Um, mm. In hindsight, I think the hotel must be a front for a criminal organisation or something. Uh, like uh, money laundering it was or something. In- Potentially, it was in a love hotel Mm. district in a very shady quarter of the city uh, that we were in. And, um, you know, I deliberately didn't reveal where the hotel was because I don't want... Well, there'd be a clamour. There'd be a clamour for people who visit, presumably. (laughs) To stay in the same room, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, as we were coming in and out, there were... It was really odd. Like There was just so many uh, ladies of the night entering and leaving it was right. i've never seen so many people coming in and out of the building and we left mm. we left the the room and came out the building and checked out and like a literally a line of women walked into the hotel like four of them and it was all they were all very they were separately going in um but no it's a very shady place to be honest and <laughs> uh the guy at the counter did not seem surprised in the slightest that we were checking out it looked like we had no. just gone in done something together as a couple and just left after an hour and a half which is how long we were in the room but oh it was really bad and i i, I actually it. keep thinking back to the smell of that room and it makes me feel really messed up it's like ptsd Pete. it's awful <laughs> go help me ptsd is staying i don't know with me in a business hotel
1: yeah it didn't look great it didn't look <laughs> ideal to be honest
2: what did you think of the uh, the bridge the rope the <laughs> bridge
1: um yeah again i mean look, look he's got the engineering degree CWA, so i think he would uh, he would know that when it was okay or not but yeah it 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 looked like like they just when it got weak they just added more vines they just added more wood they just added more bits and bobs uh, which 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 is unwelcome i think you you just you want a nice clean bridge that was built to last at the at the outset and not just kind of like you know sellotaped. <laughs> <laughs> With more and more vines and wood and stuff.
2: Well, I mean, the the vines on that bridge are replaced once every three years, which yeah. I don't know if it's great. Or reassuring or not, you know, reassuring in the sense that great, they're replaced that often. But not reassuring in the sense that, oh good God, they have to be replaced every three years, because it's just yeah, exactly. dodgy vines. Um But like again, like that bridge, I think it would have been quite scary on a normal day. But we had like a, a serious storm that day, like some of the heaviest rainfall in years. And mm. that river, just looking through those wooden slats in the bridge that you could you could fall through into that river and just thinking, if this bridge goes or I fall in, I will be swept I mean, away and I... killed within like 10 seconds.
1: Mm. It was horrible. It, it's, it, it, and I think the um, the amount of rain that seems to be uh, in this video, the amount of rain that was like absolutely barreling down uh, was most unwelcome. Most unwelcome at the best of times, but uh, yeah.
2: I actually destroyed the drone. Um, sadly, I hope. don't I, I, oh, know. Yeah. Well, the rain. I, I took. I took off mm. into the air because I wanted to get a an aerial shot of Nagoro, mm. the, the scarecrow village, and it was up there. It's a little bit of rain, but drone. This drone's usually okay in a little bit of drizzle, mm. and then yep. it it became like a tropical storm, and yes. uh, I was able to land it just about. But then the next day. I couldn't use the camera. It was all steamed up. So, unfortunately, some water <laughs> got into the lens of the uh, the camera. So, I don't know if the drone is salvageable, unfortunately. So, another drone oh. died for a boy in Sorry Japan. Sorry to hear that. Sad, isn't it? It's always <laughs> emotional. That's yeah, for a minute know. of silence. Let's not. We've got a story here from Luke <laughs> from Sydney, Australia. It says, hey, Chris and Pete, long-time listener, first-time emailer. At the beginning of 2020, my mates and I went on our, school, our schoolies <laughs> – the Australian slang term schoolies. for a holiday <laughs> after graduating high school. Australian slang always gets me. Um, schoolies. We went on a trip to Japan and uh, had planned our trip to end in Sapporo, where we would be snowboarding at Tene Ski Resort for a few days. Unfortunately, on the last day before we were... To travel back to Narita Airport to fly home to Sydney, I had a huge stack on a jump in one of the terrain parks and dislocated my shoulder. This Oof. was not really anything new to me, as I have a history of bad shoulders, and I've dislocated both my shoulders and combined 10 times over the course of three years. Bloody hell, Luke. Oh, you tough mate. man. Uh, I did, however, <laughs> after wonder how I was going to get my shoulder back into its socket, as if done correctly, it can squish nerves in the socket and render your arm useless. Oh my lord! As I was considering <laughs> what to do next, a fellow snowboarder flew over one of the jumps next to me, yelling, adora, Literally, uh, "Don't sit there; it's very dangerous." Um, <laughs> as if I just thought that. As if I just thought to myself that I might sit down for a nice picnic Stop in the middle down. of the terrain park. Uh, but due to the nature <laughs> high due to the nature high speed snow sports, I didn't really have the time to explain to him that my. Arm was, in fact, hanging out of its socket under my ski jacket oh, with no other no. choice. So I snowboarded back down to the bottom of the slope and walked myself into the oh. first aid station, only to find that there were no staff there whatsoever. There was, however, oh, another God. snowboarder who had coincidentally also dislocated his shoulder. And even better, his friend who... After a short conversation in Japanese, told me that he was a sports physician uh, and he could put my shoulder back in place for me. What are the chances? When the first aid person finally came to the room, he mumbled something about not knowing how to put dislocated shoulders back into place anyway. So I'd have to say that this was the luckiest I've been in a long time, saving the medical bills and a trip by public transport to the nearest hospital. I thanked my new sports physician friend profusely after he relocated my shoulder and left to spend a couple of hours icing my injury in the cafeteria, where he came to check up on me later before I got back on the slopes. I was so glad I'd studied Japanese for six years of high school, as without it, I may have had trouble explaining the situation and receiving this kind man's help. Have either of you ever had a lucky experience with kind Japanese people like this? Keep up the good work. Luke from Sydney. Have you ever had any lucky experience, Pete? I mean, that is lucky. It's, um,
1: it's it's looking also like um, I mean, sports physician is that really? Um, would you be trained to doing that? I guess you would be, wouldn't you? I suppose I, you would be trained to sort of pop stuff back in oof. that's pumped out. I certainly. It's all, all about it's a, it's a race against time, isn't it? Unless you get that back in the uh, back in the old socket quickly, um, you'd be in a bit of trouble. I mean, Agony, I don't, agonizing. I, have you ever done anything like that? Sounds no, terrific. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen being put back in. It's agonising for like one second, but then it's, uh,
2: then it's okay. But oh, huh. lordy, do not care screw for that. Screw that. I mean, the luckiest <laughs> I've been that. this year, yeah, literally screw it back in. Uh, the luckiest I've been this year was when I ran out of fuel in Hokkaido, in the middle right. of nowhere, by by sheer good luck, and there was a lot of bad luck involved. by sheer good luck though, the car broke down on a very remote stretch where there were construction workers working on a bridge and they right, helped yes. me guide the um, the rescue services to where we were. But they were pretty useless at first though. They were just sitting there having a cigarette and I was like, I'm lost. <laughs> I have no fuel. <laughs> and they were like, just go to the nearest petrol station. I was like, I don't have enough. Like It's 40 kilometers from here. And yeah. they sort of took them about 20 minutes to actually do something. They sort of just laughed for a few minutes and smoked more. And laughed and and just laughed and then smoked. But eventually they told me roughly where we were and I was able to pass that information on to the emergency services. And by emergency <laughs> services, I mean one lone Japanese man who came out yeah. for two hours, gave me a canister of fuel and then drove off again. Um, without them, could have been killed, could have died, eaten by bears. What I about you, Pete? I always carry a jerry can in the back of your car.
1: I, it was I'm a rental very, car. I'm not right? very, well, yeah, and just always carry it. If you're on a big trip, always carry a bit of... Are you allowed to do that? I don't actually know. I'm not, I'm no, a, you're not. I'm a very new driver. Are you not supposed to carry petrol in, in the back of your car? Oh, I mean... I mean you're I already carrying a lot of car. petrol, aren't you?
2: I'm not going <laughs> to turn up to Hokkaido, rent a car, and then get a jerry can full of fuel and stick it in the boot or the trunk. <laughs> so that, no, not doing that. Have you ever had any like bad situations, though, in Japan and... Uh, a some sort of saviour came to your rescue, a kind individual? No, I've never... I've, well, I, I don't really... Sort of,
1: I mean, I get people helping me all the time when I'm out there because um, well, yeah. I'm just confused. I don't really know where I'm going. But um, I think you're in a situation where I, I, I'm not... Again, if I'm doing anything a little bit weird, it's usually with you on a bike or in a car or <laughs> <laughs> somewhere strange in an abandoned building. So, yeah, I'm pretty I am pretty safe, pretty standard, to be honest. Can't get in any trouble <laughs> in a
2: pub, can you? No. Something to live possibly by. Possibly go wrong. You'd possibly go wrong in a pub. I, <laughs> exactly. Dear oh dear. I uh, saw a story this week that's piqued my interest. I don't know I don't know if I've talked about this. Maybe I did talk about it a few months ago that uh, I've got a bit of an interest in UFOs this year, a sort of weird obsession. It's a rabbit mm. hole, right, of of yeah. of stuff. And I don't know. I'm quite interested in UFOs. There's a UFO museum, it turns out, about an hour or two south of where I am. The only Mm. uh, dedicated UFO museum in Japan. It's in Fukushima, uh, next to this weird pyramid-shaped mountain that's just a mountain, but people think it's weird because it's pointy. But uh, they've got this UFO museum there. I want to go there. But there's been like a few UFO sightings in Japan. There was one over Sendai uh, Mm. about three or four months ago. This white kind of balloon shaped object um it was just like this this white sphere that was tracked by some people, and there's been another one cited over almori a uh, white sphere over almori unidentified uh, It was revealed on the fifth that residents in El Mori found a white sphere floating in the sky above Hattinahir city almori in the early morning of the third the Sendai local meteorologic meteorological god i can 't say meteorological <laughs> what's Meteor- going on, Pete thinking about thinking uh, about meat mate. Yeah, Meteorological Observatory said, I don't know what it is. Based on the discovery time, it's extremely unlikely that it's an observation device of the Japanese uh, Meteorological Agency. In June of last year, Mm. a white sphere was found over Miyagi and Fukushima prefectures causing turmoil. One of the witnesses, Nobuhiro Honjo, uh, was told by an acquaintance who was nearby uh, that, uh, that when I pointed the camera's telephoto lens to the south and observed it, it seemed to stay higher then the clouds. I've lived in this hmm. town for fifty years, but I saw it for the first time. It looks kind of like a balloon. They dispatched a helicopter to track this thing, right? The police, and they still hmm. couldn't work out what it was. Uh, that's weird, isn't it? It is odd. It is. It probably it could be a balloon. Probably a balloon, isn't it? <laughs> it could just be a balloon. Yeah. I but mean, then, I guess, that's usually the way it goes, isn't it? It's usually a weather thing. I mean, I I've read some really interesting books on UFOs recently, and. I feel like, in the same way, you know, when you read a self help book, which I don't imagine yeah. you've ever done, but when you do read one, you, you get this like, you haven't read one, have you? You don't need self help. You're already perfect. Hungry, hungry Caterpillar uh,
1: <laughs> is a caterpillar who solved all of his problems by eating the fuck out of everything. The, the man that wrote that book,
2: book. The guy that wrote that book, <laughs> he must have made so much money. But, uh, I like think they, you... I
1: think they first did made that in Japan. We talked about this before. As I profess, all of my stories, um, the only people who could do the specialised um, printing that was needed, Japanese. It was first printed really? in Japan. Japanese. Yeah, very. It's a Japanese book. book? Well, it was, I mean, he originally wrote it in British, but uh, in British, <laughs> he wrote, wrote it in British.
2: Right, <laughs> <Brought> in <laughs> British, mate. Eh? My favourite language. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, great book, great book. We've got off on a massive tangent. Rewind. When you read a self-help book, you kind of feel like, yeah, I could do anything. And then about two days later, you forget, and you feel depressed, and you've forgotten it all. In that same way, when I read a UFO book, I'm like, yeah, aliens, definitely real. They're coming. They're here now. <laughs> and then about three days later, I think, nah, they're not. And I've there's a Reddit page called UFOs or aliens. There's two pages. And I've been mm. on that for the last three or four months, ever since the US released that report where they revealed that there were 144 unidentified objects, and they don't know what they were. They don't know what they were. And uh, mm. they released that, I think, in June this year. It was a big deal. But I've, I just sit there all day, and I look through, and so many times I just think, that's a plane. That's a balloon. But somebody mm. will post a, a photo, and be like, there's a object moving in the sky. It's not got any means of propulsion, no visible signs of propulsion. It's a fucking balloon. It's, it's a, a balloon. balloon
1: it doesn't take a genius <laughs> to work it
2: out. Like, But as someone it's, who oh, deals with I cameras... Mean, th- and it's lenses. kind of
1: floating around. It's float it's it's it looks like it's floating. Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> exactly. for that. It's a buggy
2: balloon, mate. It's a balloon. But I, I mean I looked at this story, right? And I looked at the photos, <laughs> and it just looks like a giant balloon. It's just a balloon, isn't it? <laughs> it's just a balloon. And I'm getting, it, mate. I'm getting balloon. depressed now. I want a I want evidence of aliens. <laughs> and I'm just getting yeah. someone who's flown a balloon there and it's just really starting to bug me, Pete. <laughs> what are we gonna do about uh, it? What it's a balloon. It's just balloon.
1: a bloody balloon, mate.
2: Oh, <laughs> but, never mind. I don't know. I feel if there were UFOs, we would have more. If, if you know, if there was something there going on, there would be more leaks. There would be people who were just anonymously being like, "Yeah, there's aliens. Here's some proof." And no <laughs> matter how much I look, there's nothing like that, unfortunately. No. So, in your self-help books, <laughs> you must, get back to my self-help books. How to make myself yeah. a better human being? How to identify believe about the aliens?
1: If the aliens do come down, I've got to be the best human being I can be. Because otherwise, it's
2: curtains. (laughs) It's a good reason to get into self-help. But I am going to go, nevertheless, despite my interest in UFOs going down, fortunately, um, I I am going to go to the UFO Museum in Fukushima. And apparently they've got some official CIA documents there that were leaked or given to the Japanese government and ended up there somehow. So I'm going to go there and uh, have a poke around. The only thing, that it, the problem is they, they've they sort of discredited it a little bit. The, the trick is with UFOs, the whole subject's become so tainted, right? Mm. That when you think UFOs, people think aliens. And the trick with UFOs is we don't know what they are. They're unidentified. And so yeah. that's why they've been rebranded recently as UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, uh, because <laughs> there's no stigma. There's no sort of stigma attached. You don't think, oh, aliens, you know. Could be something else. Could be people from oh, the future coming back. I think that's well, that's my theory. People from well, the future if they can coming back of, on holiday.
1: Why would they? I mean, it's very presumptuous that people would get here through rocket ships and you know spacecraft and stuff. You know, they could just kind of warp here. You could just see them in Asda or Tesco. <laughs> they're always they're always <laughs> spotted in the sky. They're never spotted on the ground, are they?
2: I mean, that's the thing. I think. If you, if you watch some of these videos, and there were like three videos that were leaked uh, by the Navy, I think, showing them. Some of them, they just do disappear and appear. They sort of warp mm. into place. And yeah. I think, it's, you know, it's Taurus 100 years from now thinking, oh, let's go back to 2020 and have a look around. Let's go back to the days of Boris Johnson. <laughs> let's peek. go and see what was going on then and <laughs> have like a poke around. There. Let's go and see oh, what Yoshihide Nightmare. Suga and his government were doing. Let's go and <laughs> – so, I don't know. There, there's, there's a lot of sightings often around the Fukushima – nuclear facility, let's mm. call them for what they are, probably drones, having a look around. <laughs> yes, but exactly. it could be tourists. It could be... Of course it will be bloody tourists.
1: drones, for crying out loud. You're absolute keeners like, you flying your DJ Mavic <laughs> or whatever they're called <laughs> around
2: the bloody place. It is probably. Although, fun <laughs> fact, if you fly a drone in Japan, there's a few places you can't fly it. One's an airport. The second place mm. is over a residential area with 10,000 people. And the third place is a nuclear facility. So don't fly yeah. over... Don't go flying over Fukushima Daiichi plant. But uh, mm. I don't know. If you know if we get to the year 2050, 2060, and you're still alive, which I'm sure you will be. You're a healthy young man. And you know one of your mates is like, oh, we have got this breakthrough technology, Pete. We can go back in mm. time to the early 21st century. Would you be like, yeah, let's go. Would you get in the balloon, the magical time-travelling balloon, and fly back <laughs> to Sendai?
1: <laughs> fly back to Sendai, just hang out. Yeah, What'd I'd have a, I'd have a poke around, definitely. I'd do something. Yeah.
2: yeah. Go rock olick. <laughs> Bar Rockarlock. Yeah. Get a selfie. It'd be great. I dunno. <laughs> I think it's a balloon. But uh, I'm I'm gonna go and have a look and I'll I'll report back to you with what I find at this UFO museum yeah. sometime in the next ten Lookie days. Dokey. I'll give you the skip. Beautiful. We'll be back <laughs> with the fax machine and your questions and stories in just a moment. We got a message for Patrick. Uh, My name is
1: Patrick from Maryland, USA. I have uh, albinism. Uh, which is a condition that doesn't tell my body to produce melanin. The body's like, no melanin, get out of here, not interested. As such, I am extremely pale with blue eyes, white facial, and head hair. I am nervous that I will be a walking attraction to the people of Japan because of my platinum features, and that the combination of feeling out of place and being novel to the locals might make for an overwhelming combination. Do you have any advice on how to blend in? Have either of you ever seen a person with albinism in Japan? All the best. Patrick Chris have you ever seen a, a, an albinism uh, an albino in in Japan is it albino offensive i don't actually know I, it's one of those I words that i, I don't, don't sort know. of i i don't encounter very often
2: i don't know but i yeah i have i have absolutely have like you know yeah. japan had up until 2 years ago japan had a lot of tourists and i absolutely did and mm. i don't think yeah I honestly don't think it's going to be much of an issue, to be honest, Patrick. I don't think... I mean, as We're a foreigner in Japan, you do get at stared at in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you do mm. get stared at. And if you're somewhere like Tokyo or Kyoto, you really right. won't stand out in general, um, certainly in no. the countryside. So I, I'm not sure they'll even make... They'll think there's any discernible difference from average foreign person walking around they're not mm. going to think anything of it so i don't think you'll stand out i don't think you have to worry about it um honestly don't let it get in the way of having a great trip to japan yeah mm. indeed uh, just watch out for yeah. the sun for crying out loud just yeah. do not come in the summer months <laughs> i mean i get incinerated like honestly yeah. yeah july june july august coming outside even in just mm. 10 minutes i've got sunburn and my yeah. skin's not, not that it. bad it's quite good at mm. um, tanning but i get incinerated so yeah do be careful japan in summer is formidable we've got one here from matt he says hi chris and pete i'm still waiting uh waiting anxiously for japan to open back up again so i can visit my question to you guys is what do you think will be changing the most for tourism in japan after opening back up and do you think uh we will remain the same as always thanks again for the videos and podcast. Mm. best regards matt um any thoughts pete I am gagging to get
1: back in. I want to get back in. I don't know how to get back in. Maybe I'll apply for a visa or something. Um, visa. It's it's a nightmare. You can't get back in. But um, Well, I need someone I to mop my floor. floor. That's where you come in. <laughs> I'll come and mop your floor. I'll, uh, I will... Uh, I'm good at mopping, actually. Great at hoovering. I'm, I'm <laughs> the person who does the hoovering in the house. Uh, I'm very good at hoovering. Very accomplished hooverist. Very good. Very um, good. And uh, I hope hooverist isn't an offensive word. Uh hooverist. The... Uh, I th- I think it's g- it will be strange. People will probably um as soon as the f- the, the flood gets open, people will probably judge you uh, as a foreigner but you pretend you're not a foreigner. So you I know, judge you. You, <laughs> you judge me anyway.
2: Hooverist. Hooverist. Like someone Hooverist. who's got a, like a obsession with President Hoover. I uh, <laughs> I uh, I I think the the main difference will be that you will have to wear masks a lot more in Japan. Like there was a mandate that they just want to keep masks on for the next 2 years in Japan till the situation's a lot more under control and everyone's vaccinated. So I think you will be wearing masks. Whereas like the the UK and the US are like, no more masks now, it's finished. Even though the virus is very much back. um, Whereas in Japan, they're like, no, keep the masks on and forever. Which is good and bad. Good in the sense that I probably think it's a good thing to keep the virus down. But I also hate masks. I don't enjoy wearing them. (laughs) I wear them every day, religiously. But I don't enjoy it, uh, especially in the summer months. It's really unpleasant when it's like 38 degrees outside. You've got some mm. f- fabric around your face. But uh, I do think that'll be the main difference, though. Lots of masks. And, I, I mean, some tourist attractions may never reopen. You know, Robot Restaurant, mm. I think that is gone forever. And that's the only reason to visit Japan, isn't it, Pete? Robot Restaurant.
1: Yeah, it'll be back. All those kind of things will be back eventually. Um, it'll be back. But it just, doesn't, it just looks like there's... Uh, there's not an end in sight, which is really disappointing. And I, I for one, I did. Um, well, I did read immensely. the other day that the
2: Japanese business lobby, I think Kaidan Ren, Kai Ren, they're um, looking at, well, they're trying to push the government to allow people in who are vaccinated, right, with approved mm. vaccines like uh, Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, I don't mm. know. I think AstraZeneca should count, but they're not administering that here, uh, so mm. far as I know. But uh, so that could be a promising thing. You know, mm. if you can prove you've had a vaccine, you can get in. But we'll They're see. Very risk-averse, though, aren't they? The Japanese, they yeah. really do not want to uh, f- have a fiddle about. And it doesn't help that the Moderna vaccine recently had problems that it turned out there was some sort of substance in the, uh, oh, yeah, the, the vaccine yeah, filings or something, like little aluminium sheets. Yeah, sort of shavings. shavings. Like a good friend of mine um, didn't get his vaccine as a result of that. His, his batch, yeah. I think, was contaminated. So, yeah, not great. But again, Mm. guys, as soon as we know when you can come into Japan, you'll be the first to know. We'll be on it. We'll be right here to brief you. got one last... I'll be on the first flight. I'll be on the first flight, man. He'll be on. He'll be in a cello (laughs) case. In a cello case. Sneaking into Japan. Carlos game. Pete (laughs) got One from Sam from Canada. Hello, Chris and Pete. My name's Sam. Currently living in the GTA. The, the, no not the video game the greater Toronto area in Canada Chris a little while Beautiful. ago you recommended Age of Samurai Battle for Japan on Netflix and I really enjoyed it do either of you have any other Japanese themed media historical or otherwise English or Japanese that you would recommend keep up the great work lads Sam from Canada I have one Giri, giri on then, Haji Chris, give us it Giddy
1: Haji did you watch is that it? the one with Kelly Macdonald in it? Yeah. I not got round to watching
2: that. Did, would you, it would you out, recommend Donaldson. it? Would 100%. Recommend it's one of the best right. dramas I've seen. Um and certainly the only one I've seen set across London and Tokyo. Giddy Haji. Yeah. Um it's some great actors, some great acting, fantastic storytelling. Uh it's mm. about a guy who is a police officer in Tokyo and he has to come and track down his criminal his crime his criminal brother. Dad his <laughs> dad. Now his brother's been a bit naughty. He might have killed someone right. he shouldn't, and uh, he comes to uh, track him down in London.
1: <laughs> you all right, Chris, you got something in your mouth. What's happened? I've... Did you did you eat a, a hair? <laughs> What's going on? There was a hair in my mouth. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up! Just Hadji, I look at though. the screen, and you're just trying to put your whole fist in your mouth. You got so excited about Gary Hadji that you, 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 you
2: you've you've started sprouting hair in the back of your throat. I need a haircut. <laughs> what can I say? Um, yeah, yeah. Gary Hadji's good. There's Midnight Diner, the one where they the guy cooks food for people. And oh yes, there. I fancy that. Everyone the loves problem with this diner. show
1: is that I'll do this show with you, Chris, in the morning, and I'll go, I really should get around to watching that. Um, and by the end of the day, I've, all, I've only got the energy to watch a Shits Creek while I'm eating my chips. That's, that's all I've got.
2: <laughs> I mean, you, watch Gilly Handy though, honestly. I yeah. I watched it about a year ago, and mm. it was one of those shows that's really good but not marketed well. You know, you always no. have these crap shows that are thrown at your face, left, right, and centre. Mm. Like, what was that one? Emily in Paris or something. That was everywhere. Yes, but everyone that said was that was shit. absolute toilet rubbish. Like. rubbish. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, Giri Hadji, nobody knew about it. I realise mm. my pronunciation sounds awful. Giri Haji it's more like Giddy Hadji. Giri Hadji, Giddy Hadji, <laughs> Hadji honour, dishonour. But um, yeah, uh, it was it was a production I think between BBC and Netflix, or, right. or was it Netflix? But it was a co-production, and mm. it was the most poorly marketed thing ever. Uh, but a beautiful show very well written and everyone listening to this should go and watch it it's, it's really, really it's up there great. with the Broad Japan uh, Network in my it's opinion up YouTube it's, wise, yeah. it's up there it's almost as good as Chris and Connor's Wacky Weekend available now on YouTube go and watch us cross a bridge mm-hmm. and go to yep. a hotel and there's another one coming out this month where Connor and I went to some love hotels in Osaka because that's Always all Connor does he loves it <laughs> honestly <laughs> I'm like Connor let's make he, he, Connor's like let's make a video I'm like alright Connor what should we do he's like yeah. Um, uh, should we go to a love hotel? Oh, God's sake, not again. Every uh, time. Uh, uh, let's go and look I at like
1: some it. cultural thing. Let's go to a museum. I'm gonna isn't isn't he in the country at the moment? I'll 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 get in contact. I'll uh I'll I'll take him around the Love Hotels oh, of London. God. Which is those disgusting <laughs> little hotels around I stayed in one over the weekend. Wait, like what? these foul little sort of townhouses around King's Cross Station that are just like they're supposed to be cheap, but it's still hundred and twenty quid a
2: bloody night. They must be making it's money lovely.
1: hand a fist. Awful. I None think, stuff
2: like yeah, that. Connor is in the UK at the moment, actually. I, yeah. I've, t- I've given him one, one simple task and one, one task, task alone. And that yep. is to bring me back Monster Munch, uh, the <laughs> pickled onion flavoured crisps. They're so good. Mm, Can't get them so in Japan. Um, and them in if Japan. he doesn't bring them back, I'm going to murder him the next time I see him in October <laughs> or
1: whatever it is. <laughs> They're quite uh, bulky, though, Chris. There's a lot of air in there. It's a bit of a pain in the arse to bring
2: that back. They're not going to come back in one piece, let's face it. No, it. they're really not. I will be disappointed if he doesn't bring them back. Keep the stories, questions, <laughs> comments coming into to the in Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days to do it all over again, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have a great few days. Uh, oh, and keep an eye out because this weekend there's a video with Ryotaro coming out where him and I wander oh. around Asakusa, which we'll talk about in the next episode, I'm sure. Now, guys, have yeah. a good one. Thanks for listening.
1: Ciao, ciao.
3: Broad in Japan is a Stack Production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.